Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash UEF. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Takeda Pharmaceuticals International AG. Welcome to this Pure Voice panel discussion on complex perianal fistulas due to Crohn's disease. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Professors Antonio Spinelli and Christina Getschi and Maria, a patient advocate. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Hello, my name is Antonino Spinelli from Humanitas University in Milano, Italy, and welcome to this activity on perspectives on the management of complex perianal fistula, moving the goalposts with shared decision-making. Joining me in this discussion today is my esteemed colleague, Christina Getze from Amsterdam University Medical Center, the Netherlands, and Maria, who will be the voice of the patients with CPF. I would really like to hear directly from Professor Getze uh, what, in her opinion, is the most uh, important aspect of the burden of this disease for patients. Thank you, Antonino. The most important objective aspects are um, the fact that the cumulative probability of perianal fistulizing disease is increasing with the disease duration, um, that most of these patients are going to have recurrent fistulizing episodes, um, and also that patients with Crohn's disease would usually have complex perianal fistulizing disease, which are known to be a lot more difficult to treat than simple fistulas. So I think it's crucial to understand the impact of the disease burden on the individual patient, which can be um, in a large spectrum. Uh, it can be either, for example, um, not having an impact on the quality of life at all, or leading to significant impact to depression, to anxiety, or even to suicidal attempts. Thank you very much, Christina. The center of the whole story, there is the patient that really has very commonly quite complex stories and quite complex uh, treatment journey. So I would like to hear directly from Maria uh, about her story. Yes, thank you. Hello, everybody. My story has been ongoing for more than 15 years. It started um, with symptoms first in 2005 or slightly before and diagnosis um, of Crohn's disease in 2006 with um, biopsies and colonoscopies. And I've had um, multiple uh, treatments, starting, of course, with the very common ones and going into all the biologicals, infliximab, adalimumab, and uh, some of the other experimental ones. Um, it was, of course, a journey that started in the beginning with uh, complete um, disbelief and um, a lot of discomfort. And as the disease uh, progressed, um, I became more used to frequent recoveries, taking part in um, experimental trials. And then um, it eventually progressed in my case to um, complex fistulas and surgery, seton um, emplacement, and after years of um, the cetons being in place, fortunately some removal uh, during a brief period of remission, but I am again today here with active um, disease with all the different symptoms, um, and so my journey continues um, perforated with um, all sorts of um, uphill battles and negative parts. There are good things as well though. There were three um, successful pregnancies with three healthy 
little ones running around the house now. It's just very difficult as a patient to maintain that perspective when you have such overpowering symptoms in day-to-day life. Um, it sometimes becomes very hard. Symptoms can range from pain and simple ones to things that involve your whole life or your relationship with your husband or your um, relationship with yourself, whether or not you're able to work, um, whether you can function as a parent or as a human being. I think with that, um, hopefully I've given you enough of a background story. I think, Maria, you did a fantastic job because you gave us a lot of opportunities to really uh, think and consider the complexity of the several aspects that we always have to keep in mind when uh, we uh, deal with, uh, with these diseases together. And uh, I would like to ask uh, Pro- Professor Getsche also what uh, she thinks are the main advantages and disadvantages, for example, of the biologic uh, therapy for uh, CPF. Currently, we have... Um... Um, um, two um, uh, mainline uh, medical, um, especially biologicals combined with possibly another immunosuppressive um, and um, surgical techniques. And um, hopefully we are most of the time using these um, uh, in combination because I think whatever treatment we are thinking of, let it be medical or surgical, um, the first step is that we ensure that there is uh, adequate drainage of the fistula tract, that we are not risking of the development of a new abscess or we are not risking a persistent um, abscess. I do think that that it's also worth um, talking about what we consider as treatment success in these patients. And we would like to achieve radiologic remission, uh, meaning that uh, these fistula tracts are actually fibrotic tracts. And then we also have cases, depending on where the patient is um, on this journey, where our actual treatment aim is to improve quality of life. So, um, Professor Spinelli, um, what's the success rate of surgical techniques in in this context? Well, there are several answers to these differently from medical therapy in surgical uh, studies you have a huge variability of the therapy you administer but if we look at the very big um, uh, studies where we can trust results of we have to admit that in best of the cases we can get to less than 50 percent of success we see a number of uh, of potential really Uh, important uh, unmet need, right, uh, Christina? I could certainly name a number of unmet needs. um, And one of them would be um, that these patients actually get um, an early recognition of their complaints and early treatment. And then part of that early treatment, as mentioned before, is an adequate drainage of the initial fistula and the abscess. And then starting early aggressive uh, medical treatment And then the second one, which I'm hoping has been improving, is that it's always discussed um, in a multidisciplinary team what would be the best treatment choice for which patients. And then individualized treatment. So for which patient do you start? What kind of treatment that you reach the best outcome at the beginning of the disease so that they don't develop um, a a perianal misery in the course of their disease? But I'm really interested to hear your aspect on this. I think that an additional or uh, common, let's say, unmet need is definitely the homogeneity of uh, the outcome measures that we choose, as you mentioned uh, uh, before. I am also extremely interested in understanding directly 
from uh, the patient from Maria about patient reported outcome measures that are uh, more relevant to her or to a patient? Yes, yes, to us um, patients in general, I think um, we have some things in common. Um, at first, of course, it's dominated by pain and discomfort. Um, that's how we find out that we have a problem. Fatigue is a, is a big thing, and that might also raise some um, psychological issues. And then as the disease develops, um, some of those initial symptoms almost tend to take backstage as you learn to manage your treatment, doctor's appointments and exams. And then as this continues to progress, you learn to manage um, yourself in a society where it's not common to constantly be late because you're constantly in the bathroom or constantly in bed. It can be um, easy to to avoid the topic, but once you have children that you need to explain why mommy cannot stay any longer at the park, or when you have a spouse that you cannot have the same intimate relations with based on various surgeries or waiting for treatment, um, these become almost more important. Thank you so much, Maria, for, for these. Um, I would like now to uh, try to summarize together with Professor Getche. I would like to have her uh, opinion as well. Uh, on this uh, multidisciplinary therapeutic algorithm about complex perianal uh, fistula. You mentioned, Christina, that the first part is always to try to control the sepsis in order to, to progress. This is something that generally involves the placement of a cetern because the cetern allows us to uh, change an acute situation into a controlled situation in which we can uh, then deliver the therapeutic strategy that we want. Uh, after the CETAN, what is um, your attitude, uh, Christina? So um, I think the next question is, um, um, are you going to remove the CETAN? Um, and if so, then when are you going to remove it? You want to see at least some sort of improvement um, before you remove the seat. Um, and I think that our approach would be that if there is an active disease uh, in the rectum or if the patient has an anal stricture, uh, then we would try to optimize the medical treatment. Um, do we have enough drug exposure? Because we know that higher anti-TNF concentrations are um, associated with, with better disease outcomes. And, um, uh, and if we can't really reach um, any um, improvement uh, or mucosal healing, then I think we would try to swap um, treatments or even uh, uh, go for experimental treatment approaches. And if we do have um, a mucosal healing in the rectum, uh, then I think you come on stage um, whether, um, whether the patient would be a candidate for surgical fistula closure. You're right. If we do things properly, we have to wait that you do your job first in uh, uh, putting the inflammation of the rectum under control before we can do any def definitive attempt to close the fistula. So absolutely important to, to do some uh, uh, team uh, work, even in this scenario. When it is under control, we are very happy to prove uh, the surgical efficacy of uh, conventional surgical options or even more innovative surgical options as the mesenchymal stem cells uh, therapy. So basically, we can conclude, I think, that uh, our common aim is definitely to offer to the right patient the right procedure in the right time. This is something that we try 
to reach every time for every patient with multidisciplinary uh, treatment. Thank you. So welcome everyone in this second presentation titled Working Together to Improve Outcomes in Complex Perianal Fistula, Who, How, and When. We will discuss best practices for improving outcomes in CPF and establishing long-term goals of therapy. I think that uh, we speak a lot about the desired outcomes uh, of patients, and I would like to ask directly uh, Maria on representing the patient uh, population, what her perception is about this um, uh, core outcome set. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. I'll, um, I'll try and share with you my perspective, and then I hope it's representative of many of, um, of the patients here. We want healing, yes, but at a certain point in the disease, we understand that that's not um, easily attainable or perhaps not immediately attainable. And we have to maybe uh, focus on the things that we would more urgently need to settle, such as incontinence or um, pain or psychological management of our own situation. These are things that are perhaps a little bit more attainable on the short term. Um, I think it also really depends on the disease activity that different patients might have or the same patient might have on the different timeline of their disease. In the beginning, it's all about um, getting to know your new way of living and perhaps adjusting um, a new work-life balance. And later on, it might be um, managing serious incontinence or serious um, um, other symptoms that are very difficult to live with. Your quality of life is a 360 picture really that you need to address. And then later on, of course, we do want to avoid recurrence and we do want to go um, into the actual management of the fistula itself. This is a great point. Thank you so much for making this. Uh, now we speak a lot about the multidisciplinarity of uh, IBD care and especially in the field of perianal that I now would like to ask to Professor Getze, what, in her opinion, is the main advantage of such a, a model of care? One aspect is the patient care, and then some additional aspects involve education as well as research. I think from the patient's perspective, the most important is that we make a, a quick plan, and that involves diagnostics as well as treatment. Um, so, for example, an EUA or an MRI or an endoscopy, to make this quick multidisciplinary plan, we actually try to see patients with perianal fistulas who are coming to see us for the first time together with the surgeons. Um, and then um, I think the second point is that the patients have access to the right specialists at the right time. Um, and at the same time, you also have to deal with the expectation management of the patients together. What can we offer as a team from the surgical and from the medical uh, perspective? And at the same time, you can make the decisions um, together with the patients. These are uh, absolutely great, great uh, points to consider. But I would like to ask you which are possible ways to make our uh, delivery of care more coordinated for patients in order to avoid to the patient any confusion caused by conflicting information received. So one of the aspects for the coordinated care um, 
I think is seeing the patients uh, together with the surgeons for the first time and then decide on who is going to see the patient when she or he is coming back for control. Um, have we started biological treatment and that would be then on my plate or are we planning on a surgical uh, intervention um, or do we actually have to see the patient back, um, the two of us? Another important aspect of the educational side is that IBD nurses who are playing a very important role in the care. Um, so when a patient contacts them, which are the red flag signs that they have to look out for, for example, uh, in case of a perianal abscess that has to be trained um, immediately. But I wonder um, if you have um, uh, additional aspects to this, um, Professor Spinelli. Here in Milano, the first thing that we implemented was never to do MDTs without the patient in IBD and especially in perianal participation of patients in the decision-making process can be a fantastic um, uh, contributor to the success. Going back to the field of perianal Crohn's, um, we can say that there are more conventional therapies like the well-established medical options that we've uh, seen uh, and what we know about, and there are also some well-established surgical options, many of them, unfortunately, because there is no gold standard for them. But very recently, there has been some demonstration of a possible uh, other category of uh, treatment, which is less conventional, and this is mesenchymal stem cells treatment. It can be seen as a biologic or um, therapy uh, in terms of um, mechanisms of action, but it is being delivered by surgeons, by injection. So it can be uh, a perfect crossover between medical and surgical care. Um, the results that we have about the mesenchymal stem cells therapy is probably one of the very few examples of high level of evidence that we can have in the field of uh, perianal uh, disease treatment. And this is the ADMIRE CD study in which outcome measure was defined as combined remission, where combined remission was including also an assessment with MRI. And in this pivotal trial, uh, not only the uh, six-month outcomes, but also the more long-term one-year outcomes proved the same results of significantly higher efficacy of uh, the um, injection of mesenchymal stem cells along the uh, fistula tract when compared to only closing surgically the orifice and curating the tract. These are the results that have opened the way to mesenchymal stem cells therapy. Pristina, uh, when we analyze on a more real-life uh, scenario. What data or what evidence is there for suggesting uh, efficacy of this uh, therapy? INSPIRE is actually an observational post-marketing registry um, to evaluate the effectiveness and the safety of Darvastrocell, the real-life settings with patients with complex uh, Crohn's perianal fistulas. 
um, the six-month interim analysis um, has been presented. The results in terms of clinical response and in terms of clinical remission is really echoing um, the results of the admire study with um, a response rate around the 70% and remission rates around the 60%. Um, up to now, um, more than 200 patients has been included in the INSPIRE registry. I'm extremely curious to see how uh, stem cells therapy can be perceived by a patient. So I would like to ask uh, Maria, what is your personal perception of this? That answer is always depending on if you ask me on day one of disease um, identification or diagnosis, and if you ask me after 15 years of, of living with it. Um, but today, um, my um, initial reaction is it, it sounds amazing. Um, it sounds like um, really emerging of two different um, approaches. When you first hear something like stem cell um, treatments early on in disease, it might sound a bit far-fetched and it might sound very complicated. But as the disease progresses, you're faced with um, symptoms that stay um, in your life. Um, something that could potentially change that um, becomes really um, very promising to hear about it. And um, having a really close sort of relationship with your medical care team creates and builds up a sense of trust that then might lead a patient to say, yes, please, when do we start when a doctor suggests um, something like stem cell therapy? Thank you, Maria, for sharing this uh, perspective with us. So I think that we all perceive that the multidisciplinary management offers definitely the best outcomes in complex perianal disease and treatment still remains really challenging. We also uh, jointly would like to conclude that the treatment has to be individualized to the disease characteristics, but also to the specific patient's needs can, can be variable according to the phase of life and the phase of the disease history, as we have heard from Maria. We also would like to say that the long-term efficacy data that we have about the stem cells therapy uh, make this an appealing alternative to the more traditional uh, care that we have for Crohn's disease. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, hope that this uh, was uh, a fruitful uh, session for you. Thank you. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.